I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on the new cannabis reality. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. The first legal recreational marijuana dispensary is now open in New York City and more are expected to follow. This milestone comes as officials are grappling with a surge in smoke shops selling illegal marijuana and edibles. For marijuana users, legal dispensaries are a welcome development, but it, it comes against a backdrop of sometimes confusing laws about use and possession. In this episode, we brought together an amazing panel for you to help us understand this new terrain, what's going on and what's around the corner so that you can make the right decisions in your life. Joining me for this conversation is Anthony Miranda. He's the New York City Sheriff. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Lisa. We appreciate it. Also with us is Evan Nissan. He's a CEO of Nissan Co., which is his own company that has many uh, clients that are involved in the marijuana business. He's also vice chair of Normal. That's a national organization for the reform of marijuana laws. Evan, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Also joining us is Chris Alexander. He's the executive director of the Office of Cannabis Management. And Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, Chris, I want to start with you on this. This is a major development to have legal dispensaries in New, in New York City and in New York State. What's your big picture view of how you want this to work? Well, you know, we, we started this fight a long time ago, and uh, but the work of building up the agency, the rules that govern uh, this new market uh, is relatively new. Um, we have really at, at the Office of Cannabis Management, the State Office of Cannabis Management, prioritized making sure that consumers in New York have access to a safer uh, and tested product, right? And so, you know, as we go into this conversation today about the um, uh, the illegal shops that have popped up, and it's been a problem across the state. You know, it's it's not just been New York City, though. New York City has been particularly bad. Particularly bad. Um, we we are making sure that folks have access to that safer product. You know, with the opening of the first dispensary, we are seeing um, the support and the you know willingness of the consumer to try a product that they know where it's come from. It's been grown by small farmers and it's being sold uh, by you know the first in the first uh, instance of the first dispensary by an entity that does good work in the community. So. You know, we're really excited about this moment. Um, we know there's a lot more to do and there's a lot more dispensaries to open up in the next couple of months. But, you know, honestly, it's just making sure that New Yorkers can see the alternative. And because of the underlying mission tied to why we legalized and how we legalized, know that their contributions are going to uh, some really good and important work that's going to be done across the state. So you're talking about profit with a purpose, and we're going to get into that a little bit later in the later in the show. Evan, in terms of where New York State is compared to other states, kind of give us a, a big picture here. Sure. So nationally speaking, uh, legalization is obviously spreading like wildfire. Over 43% of the U.S. population is currently under legal laws. Um, and only 11 states in the entire country don't have some form of legalization, whether uh, adult use or medical. Um, but there's obviously still a lot of challenges um, that the industry is going through as it's being created. Um, each state is limited uh, and not allowed to uh, do any interstate commerce, which makes um, regulating things like prices very difficult. You know, we can't, uh, for instance, import the excesses from Oregon or California, which makes prices uh, hard to keep down in New York, but in, in this part of the country, at least now. Um, but I do think that a lot of these issues that we're going to be discussing that Chris just mentioned are temporary. Um, these are pretty common um, as uh, states uh, transition from the legacy market to, you know, a legal and regulated market. Um, and so these are a lot of these issues, in my opinion, are sort of uh, to be expected and um, will be 
worked out. All right, Tony, as the, uh, you're the only law enforcement person on the panel here, in terms of where we are with the marijuana laws, there's a lot of people that think, okay, well, now we have our first legal dispensary. Uh, you smell it everywhere. People are smoking out in, in public in a lot of different places. Everything is legal. Is that the reality? No, that's not the reality. Again, legalization and decriminalization are two different things. Decriminalization was to protect the average user so they wouldn't you know, create the new generation of people getting arrested again. Uh, the the legalization process, again, we only have one legal dispensary right now in, in New York that's selling. So anything else that you see out there is illegal and it's an uncontrolled product. So it's really a public safety and public health issue that we're talking about. We know that there have been stories about what they mix these products with and they're endangering our communities. Uh, so that's why it's it's really important for people to understand there's only one legal place right now. We know that that market will develop and there'll be a control mechanism for it. And we think that's the, the most uh, productive way of getting business done right now. All right, we're gonna take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the new cannabis reality. So many aspects to this. Stay with us, we'll be right back. Hey, yo, this is Pat Post with Lisa Evers. Put your thinking caps on, Street Soldiers. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the new cannabis reality. Joining us for this conversation, we have Chris Alexander. He's the executive director of the Office of Cannabis Management. Also joining us is Evan Nissan. He's a CEO of Nissan Co. and also vice chair of Normal. That's the national organization for the reform of marijuana laws. And also with us is New York City Sheriff Anthony Miranda. Thank you all for being with us for this episode. We really appreciate it. Yes. So, Chris, one of the questions that that we've been getting as we've talked about this uh, subject, and also I've done news stories on it as well is why is there just one dispensary open now when clearly there's a huge demand for it? There's definitely a huge demand. And, you know, we have at the office, at the state office, have been, you know, really focused on developing the supply chain. You know, when I was appointed uh, last September, um, you know, we were tasked with not just building um, this market, this supply chain, but also building up this new agency. And so we have done that. We've grown the agency and, and added, you know, almost 150 folks to, to work on this effort. Uh, but in this in this most recent time, you know, I think what's what's most important is that we develop that supply chain uh, utilizing, you know, uh, kind of unusual, an unusual approach that prioritizes small farmers, family farmers, as opposed to those who normally uh, kind of get the green light to jumpstart these programs. And so by starting with our small farmers, uh, we started a supply chain in a way that, you know, really adheres to the principles behind the law that ended prohibition in the state. Evan, in terms of the supply, so the New York State, the, the weed that's, the marijuana that's sold in the legal dispensary in New York State has to uh, come from New York State? Is that how it works? Yeah, that's correct. And and pretty much every state also has a track and trace system or some type of system um, to make sure that that cannabis is indeed coming uh, from the legal regulated market. Um, so there's a lot that needs to go into place to setting all of this up. Um, in New Jersey, uh, on, on the flip side, um, uh, there's pros and cons to this, but uh, what New Jersey decided to do is actually allow the uh, medical dispensaries to convert to adult use quicker. So technically, New Jersey you know, started selling cannabis to adult consumers, uh, regulated cannabis sooner. Um, but the giant downside is that all of that is going to MSOs, uh, which stands for multi-state operators. And those are the larger players that um, generally you know, don't need additional uh, business opportunities, um, which is not the, you know, 
which goes against a lot of the equity uh, reasons that people voted for legalization in the first place. Um, so that's something that, you know, I really applaud New York for. I think I'd rather, you know, go slow and really make sure that the right people are benefiting. Let, let me, before before I bring Tony in to his perspective on this with the, the quality issue, in, in terms of part of this whole thing, you know, part of this whole process of one of the reasons you've said it's taken, you know, it's taking a lot longer than a lot of consumers and the public would like to see is because you wanted to try to ensure this diversity element and not have it, you know, as sort of a, almost like a karmic righting of the wrongs of the past where people of color and low income communities were adversely punished, you know, for using marijuana as opposed to people in other other backgrounds and other communities. So is that part of what's going on? You know, as Evan was saying, there was a commitment uh, that we here in New York held ourselves to that, you know, other folks did not prioritize, right? So making sure that folks who normally uh, don't get the opportunities, who are, who are usually left behind and left out, have the opportunities to participate, holding ourselves to that standard is what has, you know, made this a more deliberate process. What I will say is that I don't like the the, the narrative that we're going slow. You know, I was I was appointed in September, we built up an agency. Uh, we start. We created a new supply chain and did so without relying on the existing operators or the MSOs. Now there is a place for those folks to participate, by, by, but by trying to do what, but by doing what we've done, we've created new opportunities for others who normally would not have uh, those opportunities. And so I want to emphasize that. But you know, really, the point in what we've done in our retail licensing, which is the last part of the supply chain, is coming online now. Um, is making sure that those who've been impacted, as you said, have a real opportunity to participate. People who have suffered, who have had marijuana convictions on their record for years, who've been denied access to housing and employment and educational opportunities, you know, making sure that they have a chance to participate is, is the broader goal and yeah. that they have access to real estate and capital. And resources, uh, which, which and we've resources. seen, this, and we've yeah. seen the city and the Meg Rivers College are providing training and business skills as well. But but also, Chris, in, in terms of the number of licenses, how many licenses have actually been approved? Well, we've issued over 300 licenses um, you know, across the supply chain. For the retail side, we've issued 36 at this time. Uh, we are going to continue to issue more licenses. This initial uh, group of license, licenses for the retail side only is just over 150 that we're going to be issuing, and then we're going to grow the market gradually. Uh, but we have issued 36 of that 150, uh, 150 plus, and we'll be continuing to issue those in the next uh, couple of months. Uh, so we'll see more shops open up pretty quickly. We have a bunch more that's coming right behind our initial uh, dispensary uh, here in the city across the state. So we'll see a couple more open up uh, this month, and we'll see that continue to escalate as we move forward. Well, Tony, I want to bring you Real. to this because the, you, you were for many years also a, a New York City Police Department sergeant. You know the streets. You know the communities. You, there are, by conservative estimates, over well over a thousand of these smoke shops that have popped up all around the city. Many of them, as you know, and as you've as you've uh, you know gone into and taken away the confiscated the illegal marijuana and other goods, and, and given them fines and tried to enforce the laws that are on the books. They're just selling marijuana openly, and because and the the market is there, and they just don't seem to be going out of business for a lack of customers. How concerned are you about what's happening right now? 
I think that uh, we're working closely with all the agencies, including the Office of Cannabis Management, to control the expansion that, that initially took over the city. I think that, again, the, the concerns are serious. If they, people were trying to comply with the rules and regulations, then they, they're, there's plenty out there already to follow. But they're clearly going contrary to the law right now, and there's no effort to comply. And that's the reason why all the agencies are now operating uh, collectively to use all of our enforcement powers to, in, in one operation to be able to take all the corrective action that's necessary. Packaging for children is, is something that should not never have been done, and they're still doing it, right? So that's going to that's cause a crackdown. So when people look at it, people need to understand why we're doing what we're doing. It's because they're packaging to children. They're trying to attract it to the younger market. It's because it's an uncontrolled market. They're mixing these products with stuff that will, will harm adults. We've already had cases of overdoses and people who got sick because of the product that's been sold. So there is an absolute need uh, for what we are doing. And I think the mayor has been very clear about it, right? He's talking about educating people first, and this is how you comply with the law if you want to participate in the market. It's giving them the warnings, and then it's taking whatever corrective action is necessary. So we are on, on that uh, plan right now. And I think that it needs a response, and it needs a collective response, and uh, I think the city's taking the right approach right now. But, but what do you what do you say to people who are who who have, who have said – and critics who have said, okay, well, this is targeting communities of color once again, and it's not really changing anything. What do you say to that? No, again, this is about protecting our communities, all the communities, including the communities of color. The consumers of the cannabis product are also should be protected, right? They should not be saying, let, let, let's, not, let's harm them. That's not the language that we use, right? They should not be subject to any unnecessary safety issues because other people want to operate illegally. Uh, so clearly, it's not about creating another pipeline to to the criminal right, justice system. A prison, system. a prison, to, a pipeline. Right. It, it's clear, clearly, that's not the approach. The approach is we're educating them at the same time. If you want to participate in this industry, here are the rules and regulations that you can do that. Uh, there's a legacy market. There's a place for people who have been victimized before to be able to participate in the market. All these things are positive. Um, so what we are doing right now is saying there's a legal place to participate in the market and still have the safety and the protection for our community and our kids. And that's what we're focusing on. All right. We're going to talk about moving forward. We're talking about the new cannabis reality. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, Yo, you already know what it is, man. This is B.I.G. Shine. And this is the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the new cannabis reality, and we've got a great panel to break this all down for you. Joining me is Chris Alexander. He's the executive director of the Office of Cannabis Management. Also with us is Evan Nissan. He's the CEO of Nissan Co. It's a public relations firm that deals with many businesses, legitimate businesses involved in the cannabis industry. He's also vice chair of Normal the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. And also joining us is New York City Sheriff and former NYPD Sergeant, Anthony Miranda. Tony, thank you so much for being with us. Evan and Chris, thanks for joining us. Uh, Chris, in terms of the quality control, what we've seen since there's no federal uniform federal standard like for USDA, you know, poultry or whatever, or, or the organic symbol or whatever, what should what should people look for? Like, what do when you when you when you buy something at a, at the legal or the more that are coming legal dispensaries? Are there certain markings? Are there certain quality guarantees? Take us through that. 
Yeah, I mean, what we've actually seen in the illicit market too is is you know fabrication and fraud related to. We saw them with with Sergeant with Sergeant Miranda. Exactly. I mean, with Sheriff Miranda. Yeah, exactly. So so folks are for are, are forging um, you know safety product labels uh, from other states, particularly California, um, as a way to designate that this is some high quality product, which is not. Um, that's coming into our supply chain uh, or into our supply stream here in New York now. Uh, but for those who are interested in, in having a safer tested product, um, there is a, a verification tool on the outside of their current legal dispensary. And as we bring on more legal dispensaries, you will see that verification tool, that verification sign outside of those dispensaries and on each uh, regulated product uh, that we're putting out um, uh, through our licensees, you'll also see a, a New York safety label that includes a warning for folks under the age of 21 not to consume and a barcode that allow you to scan that product and see its testing profiles and, and kind of, you know, what is really uh, in that product. And so, you know, we're really proud of, of the way that we've approached regulation. We've been able to learn from other states. We've, of course, also had a me medical program here in New York for many years um, that has, you know, been, been really on the forefront uh, of testing and making sure that product is, is safe for consumers. So we're going to continue that work as we build out the adult use market. Chair Miranda, in terms of the fake labels, when we were out with you on, uh, we did the ride along with you on, on some of the smoke shop bus, I was I was shocked to see how many stacks, you pointed out stacks of these bags yeah. and some of them with kids, you know, with, with kids car cartoon characters on them, but these stacks of bags that had this fake California certificate of authenticity on them. So we are working also with the uh, state office, as well as the city law department, as well as the Department of Finance to take other legal cases against these uh, uh, counterfeit products that are out there. Clearly, there are safety issues. I, th I think I also want to emphasize when people want to know that is the place legalized or not, they can go on the Office of State Cannabis and verify that information as well. Uh, and like you said, the safety labels are there to show where the product initiated from, what's in it. That's and that's important. So scan those products and check them because there's too many uh, people putting things that are dangerous to our community in the product. And again, it's a public safety issue. It's a health issue right now. And everyone's concerned about it. And I think that's really what we're focusing on. It's not about creating a, criminalizing another generation of uh, people. It, it is about making sure that we're going into the legal business. It should be safe for anybody who wants to participate in that market. And that's, those are the protections that we're trying to put in place. And we're going to enforce the law the way it's written and we're going to ensure that they're in compliance uh, with all the rules and regulations. Evan, what about the, how, how has this been working in California, say, for example? Yeah, to put this into context generally, whether we're talking about California or other states, uh, this is all fairly standard. New York is definitely, I think, um, uh, the issue is a little bit more exacerbated than other place, but places, but in California uh, is a good example where um, when they were implementing adult use legalization, there were um, gifting shops um, in D.C. right now where there's decriminalization, but Congress has prevented um, funds from being used to actually regulate the industry. Um, there's gifting shops as well. So we see this happen um, pretty much everywhere um, whenever there is decriminalization before there is a regulated market, um, and even a little bit when the regulated market is, is starting. But eventually, once there's enough shops and there's enough supply um, where the price can compete, um, I don't think this is going to be an issue at all. I think this is a short-term thing that's caused um, mostly just by the supply and demand uh, issues at play, which are very unique to this time period. Chris, what about that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I fully agree. I think the best way, you know, we're never really going to fully, you know, 
uh, reduce uh, to nothing the illicit market. There are always going to be illicit markets. There's illicit shops for you know bags to you know everything. Uh, but what it's most important is that we continue to increase access to the regulated, safer product. I want to say something too about the packaging and labeling attractive to kids. We we have promulgated rules for packaging labeling for our uh, regulated, licensed uh, you know uh, producers and processors, and you know we've pretty clearly forbid all products from packaging uh, being made attractive to young people. Um, and that is a great sign of a product that is not a regulated product as well. If you see Lucky Charms cannabis, you know that's not something that New York State will allow, um, particularly products that match existing child goods, you know, child candy or cereals, et cetera. Um, and that's something that we're very, very sensitive to because, you know, when we when we pushed for legalization, when we fought for legalization all those years ago when I was on your show talking right. about why we need to have this conversation and change these rules. One of the things that we talked about was how regulation actually provides a better framework for reducing access to, to young people and making sure that we have better public health outcomes. And I really want to make sure that folks understand as we talk about, you know, the targeting around reducing this proliferation of the illegal shops. It's not about criminalization. The sheriff has been very you know, careful and targeted in making sure that the, pro the priority is seizing this product and getting this off the streets. Right. We want to create space for the regulated businesses to grow and for those regulated businesses to generate the revenue that's going to go back into communities. So understand, this is more than just what we're you know, bringing back uh, uh, cannabis prohibition enforcement. No, we're, we're making sure that the, the thing that we fought for is something that can actually come to life and be successful. Evan, how big a business are we talking about with legal marijuana? Um, so in New Jersey, as an example, uh, it was about $100 million in the third quarter of 2022. Uh, like I said, the downside is that it all went to MSOs because of the way that it was rolled out um, quickly, which, you know, had wait, wait, MS, like let me just stop you for a second. So just explain MSOs, you mean ma like major, ba major players? Basically? Correct. Multi-state operators, um, large corporations, you know, okay. the, the equivalent to large corporations for the cannabis industry. Um, I believe the current uh, projections that MJ Biz came out with recently um, is, I think 2026, they're projecting about 55 billion in sales um, nationally. Um, and I think in 2022, if my memory serves, there was uh, about 20 billion in sales nationally. Um, that was obviously before New York and New Jersey, which are going to be massive markets. Um, the California market is also um, actually we're talking back to to correct myself, actually, before New York is not actually going slow. Uh, California, which uh, is, is actually going very slow. Comparatively, New York is not going slow, but um, California is still getting online you know, pretty slowly. Um, so those numbers are going to go up drastically, I, I think, pretty quickly. And, uh, Sergeant Miranda, or Chef Miranda, I'm sorry, Tony, keep calling you by your other uh, your other other title. In, in terms of the in terms of the pricing in the legal sales, but like in keeping the illicit market going, like you're using existing laws, but you still can't actually shut these smoke shops down. Right. The ones oh, that are yeah. selling yeah. illegal marijuana. Well, we're doing inspections at various locations. Remember, we're using the authorities of all the different agencies. Um, we're going to go after nuisance abatements and try to close them down, but that's a process that, that takes a couple of months. Many of the the summonses that they're issued, um, when they're issued, they take 90 days before they go to court. So there's always going to be a lapse in time between the 
the violations that are being issued toward when the court rules against them, and then we move for the nuisance abatement. So that will take some time. I want to caution uh, the, the adults in this, uh, listening to this conversation, right? The packaging that they're using, you cannot hardly distinguish it between the actual products that are being sold to children. So if you have them at home, or they're accessible in any way, kids won't be able to tell the difference between what is cannabis and what is regular candy. That's what makes this re really dangerous. By accident, you know, when kids take candy, they don't take one, right? They right. take two or three and they fill their mouths with it. So we have to be real cautious about what we're talking about, especially adults. You keep these things out of the reach. Gummies look like regular gummies or any other packaging. And the packaging that says Lucky Charms and all these other things, kids are going to think that's just part of what they normally buy at a store, candies that they normally have access to. And that's what makes it extremely dangerous. And we have to be take the extra precaution to make sure that we don't harm our children. So, Chris, in, ter in terms of the, you have to be, the, just give us a quick, a quick, uh, quick rundown of the New York of the New York law for buyers. You have to be at least twenty one years of age. You have to be at least 21 years of age. And while we allow the possession, right, as the sheriff was speaking to of, of three ounces or, or under, uh, the sale, you know, sale of um, uh, or purchasing of illicit cannabis uh, is what we call illicit cannabis is, is not allowed. You got, you got to go to a, a regulated shop uh, or, you know, participate in our, in our medical program, uh, which is something that's also you can have you know access to 40 dispensaries that are, are currently operational across the state if there is a medical condition that you think, uh, you know, can be treated with cannabis. So, you know, really the, the priority is making sure that folks know, um, you know, that the current shops selling this product are not doing so uh, under our guidelines. These are these products are unsafe. They're not tested. You know, we've seen reports about what contaminants are in them. And we just want to make sure folks are educated. And of course, we're taking the action needs to be taken to get these products off the street. So, so when you go when you go into a legal dispensary, is there a limit on how much you can buy? Um, well, well, I think no. Uh, let me get back to you on the on okay, the amount, okay. exact amount. Like uh, the prices, like the, the price, the price too. Like some people have said, okay, the price is a lot higher than if you're just buying a bag someplace else. Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, I think we have seen uh, generally that, you know, the uh, regulated market has to compete with the illicit market um, uh, in terms of pricing. What we've seen, at least from our first uh, dispensary opening, is that the prices are competitive, um, you know, and, and the product quality is is, is not competitive. You know, I mean, it's significantly better right. than the regulated market. So, I mean, but, you know, I think the, the real the limitation is on that possession amount. Um, and so making sure folks don't possess beyond the, the legal. No, I would think so. I mean, I would think so, because otherwise they couldn't walk out of the store. I'm, exactly. I'm, so yeah. Trying, yeah. Evan, in, ter in, ter in terms of in terms of the con the consumer, do you do you agree with our other guests that that this is actually benefiting the consumer? Um, when you say this, do you mean uh, regular? I mean regular legal legal you know legal dispensaries. Yeah, yes, 100%. And all of these issues, again, are mostly just caused by the little prohibition that's left. If if we had federal legalization, when we do have federal legalization, a lot of these pricing issues are going to be fixed pretty much automatically. There are states right now which have an excess supply. There's have uh, states that have uh, not enough supply. And these market conditions just can't be properly regulated and worked out because each state is so um, segmented to work within only their own state. Um, so a, a lot of these issues are just the remnants of prohibition and uh, from the remnants of prohibition or caused by the remnants of prohibition um, and uh, just a part of the transition to a legal regulated market. Um, even in alcohol prohibition, you know, there was a lot of weird stuff going on in the gray area um, period. And so again, this is pretty common and, and to be expected. Um, 
yeah, this is all. It, it, yeah, the only thing that would prevent this, I think, would be federal legalization. Um, from a state level, I think everything is going as well as it could be. And then you fight. Did you ever think you would see this day? Because you you've been fighting for legalization for for many many years. I know. I mean, I'm I'm loving this entire thing. I'm loving you know hearing uh you know the sheriff talk say the things that the sheriffs are saying, and you know uh, really paying close attention to not criminalizing. Um, you know, new generation uh, for cannabis, and you know, going about this the right way. We're we're talking about harm reduction approaches to the issues um, that there are. You know, th there are some harms that need to be uh, reduced. Um, so I'm really, really excited and happy. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really think this was going to happen until you know five or five or so years ago. All right, we're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yo, what up? It's the game, and it's the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the new cannabis reality with our special guest, Chris Alexander, Executive Director of the Office of Cannabis Management, Evan Nissan, CEO of Nissan Co., and Vice Chair of the National Board of Normal. And also with us is New York City Sheriff Anthony Miranda. Thank you all for being with us. Uh, Chris, as we look ahead in terms of the economic advantages from legalizing the sale of marijuana in New York State, how critical is that, especially at this time with the way things are looking with the economy? I mean, it's going to be an incredible boost, not just to uh, the economy generally, but what we're doing is creating thousands of new businesses, right? There's, there's new businesses, new entrepreneurs, um, new opportunities for general wealth creation for families, uh, and particularly for those, you know, folks from communities who, who've been impacted by prohibition as disproportionate enforcement. We're also looking at tens of thousands of jobs. You know, the projections right now is around 60K, but I think it'll be significantly more than that when we talk about other businesses and other folks who are supporting uh, licensed operators. So it's going to be a huge economic boost. And I think the most important thing to emphasize is the way that the revenue is going to be dedicated from this program. We've got 40% going to support public education, and we've got 20% going to support drug treatment and prevention. Um, and we've got the last 40% going back directly into communities to support programs like job training, reentry programming, continuing adult education, uh, you know, after school programs, all great things that communities desperately need. Um, and it's going to be funded by weed money. So really excited about that. All right. Um, Evan, look, looking for, do you have any, any concerns about this whole process or any things that you're keeping a close eye on? Uh, I think one of the things that the entire country and a lot of states that are going to be implementing uh, recreational laws in the future are looking at is uh, the equity uh, provisions, um, because a lot of states have tried doing equity right before, uh, and everyone's been doing it differently, and I don't think anyone feels like it's been done perfectly yet. Um, I know New York is spending a lot of, you know, energy on this, which I, you know, really applaud New Jersey as well for the next round of licenses um, that are coming up, you know, the actual adult use um, specific licenses. Um, so that's something that I uh, am really focusing on, um, because one of the things that I've said for a long time uh, is that if we get this right in the legal cannabis industry, we could expand, you know, what we're doing now and best practices that we're learning and creating here to other industries as well. Um, so I think there's a huge amount of potential here. Wow. So you see it as a almost like a template for how to have Correct. a business that's actually giving back and supporting the communities. Correct. It's not often that you get to create a brand new industry in 2022 or 2023. Um, and the fact that we get to do that uh, is just an opportunity to create a new template, I think. And Sheriff Miranda, what will you and 
your colleagues in law enforcement be looking at as we move forward here? I think we take the same approach. Education is the first part, uh, civil enforcement when necessary, and then understanding that um, we do inspections all the time and continue to do the inspections throughout the city. And when necessary, we'll have the criminal law that we can enforce as well, but it's not the first approach. People should be compliant and we should be concerned about our public safety and making sure that if they're going to participate in this market, please participate legally. If you're making a decision to participate outside of the law, understand that there are agencies that have over Oversight, agencies that have inspection authority, and that we will be enforcing it as, as much as possible throughout all five boroughs of the city to ensure compliance. All right. I want to thank all of you for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Chris Alexander, Evan Nissan, and New York City Sheriff Anthony Miranda. Thank you for being with us. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.